Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a podcast brought to you by the Triad Network. This podcast is designed to share trending topics occurring within the world and our communities and bring them a behavioral and mental health perspective. Welcome to Behavioral Health Today. I'm your host, Dr. Graham Taylor. Earlier in our podcast series, I had the chance to interview Todd Steinberg, the president of Kumoso Designs, a wellness company and the maker of The Shift a necklace device that slows your exhale to calm your nervous system. Komuso design was created in 2017 with a simple intention of providing people with a new tool to access peace of mind. Their mission is to become the architect of fashion wellness and transform lives in the process. Todd and I had such a great conversation in our first podcast together that I asked him if he'd bring a couple of people back with him and be a part of our clinician series. As a reminder, our clinician series takes the discussion of topic areas a few steps further and involves talking with experts and taking a deep dive in order to develop a more practical, more hands-on, experiential understanding of the application of various therapeutic techniques, strategies, and constructs that we're presenting. So in addition to inviting Todd back to the show today, I asked him again if he'd bring a couple of people with him, and so he did. He's brought his wife, Vanessa Steinberg, and Daniel Epstein, all three from Kumuso Design. Vanessa is an award-winning bilingual fashion designer and Kumuso co-founder. Vanessa has over a decade of experience in both fashion and entrepreneurial industries. Daniel is a licensed psychotherapist and Kumuso co-founder and has over a decade of experience in crisis intervention, young adult mental health, and addiction treatment. Together, Todd, Vanessa, and Daniel helped create the shift to reduce anxiety by slowing our exhale. Today, we're talking about the benefits of breathing and how breath can be a part of our wellness process. Todd, Vanessa, Daniel, welcome to our show today. Thank you so much nice, for having us. Nice to have you here. Nice to have you here. Well, I'm looking forward to our time today. Folks, I know that there's a story behind Kumuso and the inspiration and the designing of the shift. I'd love for you guys just to kind of ping back and forth and share with us kind of the story you guys have and the various roles you each have had in the creation of this product. No, thank you for that intro. And it's so happy to be back. Anytime we can talk about our story and the power of breath, we're happy to do it. And somehow within, what, 15 minutes, Daniel, we were at Home Depot after thinking of the concept. And it it was actually born from Vanessa and I just having some issues with our own stress and anxiety. We had just started dating and Daniel was, you know, a good friend of ours. And Whenever we met up for a coffee, a drink, a dinner, the conversation quickly turned into a therapy session. And he he picked up pretty quickly that we, we were just having problems identifying what our stress was coming from and then how to manage the stress. Like most people, we were overthinking and that was interrupting our relationship, interrupting our sleep, interrupting work. And I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday. One day I, I was in his office and he was coaching me through some things and he was trying to get me to meditate. And I, I, all I could think was I sat down on a, on a wooden floor with my back straight and, you know, cross-legged. And I, all I could think was this hurts. And he's trying to get me to breathe deeply. <laughs> I was like, look, Daniel, this isn't for me. Like I, I, I respect meditation, but I don't think it's meant for me. And I think that really, it, it moved him. It bothered him. And moments later, he handed me a straw and said, okay, how about this? And I'll never forget breathing through that straw, as silly as it may have seemed at the moment, 
within about 30 to 60 seconds, I mean, I, I could feel my heart rate come down, my shoulders drop. It was a such a noticeable difference in my state of mind because I felt calmer. I mean, I was thinking about breathing and I was extending my exhale. And little did I know that was what the, you know, the hack was all about, which was just adjusting my breathing to become calmer. So that led to the trip to Home Depot. I'll, I'll let Daniel take it from there. <laughs> yeah, I want to I wanna just kind of like defend my honor first and be like, I'm not some overzealous therapist who was doing, you know, work on his friends. It was more like, you were looking for free therapy. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we were just having like, right. lunch and hanging out and, and just talking about stuff. And yeah, and 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 I remember because like you had a difficult time like crossing your legs, right? And you're like, this hurts and your exhales. And I told the story, I've told the story hundreds of times. You were like, wait, <laughs> getting it out. And right. it just wasn't happening, right? And then we busted out the straw and then we looked at each other. We're like, man, this could really help people. And I think- we just kind of got into my car and then went went to Home Depot. We got these like wooden dowels and I love working on projects and, you know, vehicles and whatnot. And so I had all these little tools and we're trying to figure out like, well, what's the right diameter that can govern one's exhale? So it wasn't too wide. So it's going, you know, quickly and it wasn't so constricted that they pass out. And I I started kind of cutting them up and then with a Dremel and then drilling some some holes and and I actually just started kind of, you know, giving them out and just like, like try this and see if this helps. And it was just helping. And we're like, so, we have, we have to proliferate this, you know, it's, there was something so nice about having something tangible. Yeah. Something to hold yeah. a lot of, and I love that, you know, being a therapist, I love that because I think we do, you know, people talk people about talk therapy and it's all kind of verbal. And, you know, once the word is gone, it's, it's gone. Right. But to have yeah. something, whether it's like a book that you hold or a journal that you hold, yeah. right? And then we just started creating this device and we called it the shift because we were just like, it felt like magic. Like it shifted us from whatever we were feeling to something else. Yeah, and that something else was better. That's so good. So Vanessa, these two guys are coming home from Home Depot with some pieces of wood and a couple of drills. And how did you come in to play around this? So I'll tell you, I was a little skeptical at the beginning because Todd is like, look, we have a solution. And I'm like, okay, fine, let's try this out. And I tried it and I understood it, but I was struggling a little bit because I was already trying to find solutions for my anxiety, right? So I was using different apps. I was doing meditation. I was doing yoga. While all those practices are great, I just couldn't find something that was sustainable in the day-to-day -day things, right? So for instance, going to work and having to show up to a meeting and it gives me anxiety, I can't go and meditate for 10 minutes. I can't do yoga. I, I, I just didn't know what to do, right? So when DA and Todd explained to me, you know, what happens when your breathing's real strong, I was completely open to it, but skeptical because it sounded too simple, right? And I remember being at work and I had an instance that brought tons of anxiety and I went into the bathroom and I did breathing and I felt so much better. And I remember thinking, wow, like there really is something here, right? Yeah. But it can't be made out of wood. <laughs> These two guys were trying to do it and they really were insisting on being a bracelet. So this is where my mind starts going, right? In, in, the, in the design side. So I'm like, okay, we have to make this a piece of jewelry. They're like, ah, but I don't know if it's going to resonate with people. And I said, okay, but I didn't want it to be jewelry for being jewelry but because it's something that you're wearing all the time, okay? 
And then I pushed hard on it being a necklace because I felt the value of it hanging from your neck mm-hmm. and being close to your heart. And it's always a reminder. And as somebody that struggles, has struggled a lot with anxiety, you know, something that I used to use years back was a bracelet that my mom gave me. Uh, they had these little balls. So every time that, you know, negative thoughts would come in, I would just fidget with it. I would touch it, yeah. right? And remind myself to go to, you know, to wear my green lenses. So it took me back to that. And I kept on thinking, you know, having something tangible with you the whole time really does help because it's the first step to making you present. So then you can take action by breathing, right? So that's kind of where like the thought process came in through yeah. that. And then um, I remember Todd had gone on a trip. Yeah, I'm not sure where you were that night, but I... <laughs> Stayed up till like four o'clock in the morning with all these pieces of wood that they had done together. And I was trying to make bracelets and necklaces. And they, the next day they both come back and the table's full of things. And it was just a, such an amazing experience to, to see how something that was already helping us could come to life. It, it was inspiring. And just, you start just becoming so creative when it comes to that. Yeah. That's so good. I can easily see with the things you're describing this why you're an award-winning designer because I, you're, you you think outside the box and you try and make something so functional and so personal, whether it's the placement close to the heart, something around your neck that's easily accessible. And I want to come back and talk about the design of the shift because it's a sleek, it's a sleek design with some real functionality to it. Let me kind of just park that just for a moment. I want to kind of set the framework around what you three are saying that in our lives, we deal with anxious moments. In fact, Daniel, Todd and I were talking in our first show and we take about 23,000 breaths per day. And most of the time we do so relatively unconsciously. And for the most part, we get by, it works. You know, we're alive, we, we get breaths. But Todd was sharing with us this idea of what if there's a way for us to breathe better, for us to breathe more consciously, such that we could increase the control that we actually have over our bodies. Things like being able to calm our nervous systems, being able to reduce our stress hormones, being able to improve our sleep focus, increase our peace of mind, even extend lifespan is what we know, all from breathing. So as a psychotherapist coming in in the group, and you bring a mental health perspective, clearly, in terms of the application of the shift in the day-to-day self-soothing and management of stress and anxiety, or just wellness in general, it doesn't have to be used just for that, but just wellness in general, give us some sense of how your professional training impacted this product's intentional utilization, and maybe even some of the science of breath that I know you're familiar with from your training as a practitioner. First things first is is I always tell people, like if you want, when they start seeing me in therapy, if you want the biggest bang for your buck, it's it's breath work and journaling, right? I think engaging in those two practices outside of the office, right? There are other things we can do, right? Cognitive behavioral therapy workbooks and all that and exercise and sleeping, but I think you get so much bang for your buck because you're adding in something where you have agency and you're taking a pause and you're saying, like, I'm making a commitment right now to my well-being. And breath work, of course, there's a physiological benefits of it, the neurophysiological benefits of slowing down your breath and then kind of letting your nervous system know, like, everything's okay, right? Because if A to B is I see something scary and then B is my body starts to respond to it in a fight or flight sense, mm-hmm. right? I see something scary, my breath rate increases. Also B to A helps us calm down. If I slow down my breath rate, things don't feel so scary. That's right. And it really helps with with, with anxiety. But there's the 
preventative and then the interventional benefits of breath work. So interventionally, it's good to put out the fire, but preventatively, it's better not to start the fire in the first place. Yeah. So I really love it for me personally, my morning routine consists of right, waking up, I go get my daughter and then I'll do a meditation practice, just some breath work and then some prayer. That serves as a preventative to help reduce my kind of stress and my anxiety for the day. I kind of prime myself, I get myself into a good space and I launch from there. Interventional is like, right, like putting out the fires. If you find yourself at like a five or a six or a seven, you find the fire kind of burning, you find the anxiety and the stress up. It's good to use breath as a way to reduce that number and reduce the intensity of the symptoms. So breathwork is just a really powerful tool. And what we love about the shift is that you're, you're wearing it, you're holding on to it. Mm -hmm. And the more that you use it, the more that you're remaining consistent. Yeah. And I'm sure Graham, right. Even in your practice, anybody can do a skill, right. But it's like, you have to do it consistently. The continuity is key. We'll be right back after word from our sponsor. Nearly 9 in 10 registered voters believe the nation faces a mental health crisis, according to a new USA Today Suffolk University poll. Americans are more concerned than ever about their mental health. Mental health first aid provides the resources and training to identify, understand, and respond to signs of mental health and substance use challenges. It provides the confidence and skills needed to offer life-saving assistance, and it provides peace of mind. Our experts provide mental health first aid training for adults, teens, caregivers, veterans, law enforcement, EMS, and school faculty. Mental health concerns are on the rise, but evidence-based training through mental health first aid can make a difference. Visit mentalhealthfirstaid.org to find a course near you or email hello at mentalhealthfirstaid.org to schedule a training. Courses are available for individuals, groups, organizations, and companies of all sizes. Visit mentalhealthfirstaid.org and make a difference in your community. It's practice. Yeah, I really like, I, I really appreciate that. I think, you know, we've got, we've got MRI, you know, imagery where when you are in that fight or flight state, literally a colleague and I call it being in red brain, your brain areas are, are so activated. There's just, you know, there, there's red in there and people say, well, just calm down, <laughs> calm down. What are you talking about? If I could calm down, I'd calm down. But literally in those moments, that fight or flight is taken off and there's this threat and this perception that I'm not going to be able to manage that threat. And so what you just described right there, Daniel, I appreciate is being able to take a pause and shift, nicely named, shift out of that state and to realize that what feels like I don't have any control that, you know, that perception of the the really key word in the definition of anxiety, the perception of a threat and the perception that I can't manage that threat. That's the the reality in that moment, hence the fight or flight or fight, flight, freeze, fawn, whatever we're going to be doing. I don't have agency, but in fact, we do. And we remind people. And what I love, Vanessa, I'm, I'm just envisioning, what's the first thing we do when we're anxious? We kind of go here like this, don't we? We kind of go to our heart area. What are we going to touch? We're probably going to touch the shift if it's around our neck. And so this idea that you're linking things along those ways really makes some sense. And Daniel, you're saying we actually do have control. We just don't realize it. And we can do something about it both preventively every morning so that we don't get to a six in the day, or if we happen to get to a six or a seven, we can do something to intervene in that moment. Yeah, it's really good. I'm kind of going here to the heart kind of area that you were talking about, Vanessa. 
take what Daniel's saying here, and again, being the designer of this, the shift, uh, if you folks haven't seen it, it's a beautiful de de design. You'll see it when you go on their website, but it's sleek, it's fashionable, it's functional, and it has this off-the-grid kind of really cool design to it with accessibility for anybody at any level to use. So, Vanessa, say a little bit more about as you were envisioning this shift, what were some of the goals you had around this design and again, its placement? Okay, so a few things, right? The struggle was, remember how I told you the guys were talking about a bracelet, right? right. Thinking a bracelet was going to be more universal to both right. men and women, right? But I kept on thinking, okay, I, if it really does lead close to your heart and it serves as a reminder, listen, if you're not into jewelry, put it inside of your shirt. But more right. than that, I wanted to design it in a way that you're not ashamed to wear it. That's why I kept on pushing to the idea of jewelry because I didn't want it to look like an aid, like a medical aid. I want it right. to look like something that is, you know, that you like to wear, but is actually functional. It's there to help you, right? So trying to get through that hurdle. And then of course, things like you don't want it to look just like a tool, but you don't want it to look like a, like a whistle, you know, the name Komuso, where it comes from, but the Komuso monks, yes. <laughs> right? They used to use a flute called the shakuhachi. So we did tons of research and, you know, the shakuhachi is a very long flute. And they actually were one of the beginners of meditation and it started because they would use the shakuhachi and as they would exhale, because the exhale was so long through this piece, they would reach meditative states, right? Mm -hmm. So considering all around the inspiration, right? We're looking at the monks, we're looking at breathing, we're looking at jewelry, we're looking at taking something that is, is ancient, an ancient practice by making it modern. Look back to the shakuhachi, and if you look at the at the shift, right, it has this yes. little, right. So basically, yeah. the shakuhachi has the same thing, and that's where it rests on the lips, right. So I just thought it would be a, a nice addition to kind of honor the shakuhachi in a way, but also I know that it's it might sound weird, but as a designer, you're thinking about every single element, right? Yes. And to have something soft that rests on your lips makes the experience even more welcoming, right? Because there's no friction between you and the product, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to having like a sharp thing on your, on your lip, right? right? So it was adding that. And then, of course, you know, trying to get through the hurdle of women and men, that's when, you know, I suggested we did different colors, different chain links, get, just get it out there and start reading the market and seeing what people gravitate to. And what was so interesting to see is that, you know, here I was thinking, we're probably going to have a bestseller, right? Because that's how my brain is used to thinking. And actually, they all sell at the same rate. So the reading was interesting in that you come to realize that people are so open to this mm -hmm. as opposed to being picky for, you know, like being a piece of jewelry. It's more of, hey, I like the color. I like the length. Some people have purchased three because they want different colors depending on what they're wearing. So it's been such a blessing for me as a designer because... I've been given the opportunity to take my creativity and put meaning behind it into something that's going to help people. Boy, that's a great explanation. Todd, Daniel, I'm glad you guys had Vanessa in the group here because she just, I think, took this to the whole, <laughs> all <laughs> next level here. That's fantastic. Hey, Todd, I want to come back to you. You know, we were talking in our first show together just about how you saw breath and the shift and this whole next level of wellness. And you brought into play the fact that when we're exhaling, it's the the inhale is important, you know, long and slow and smooth and 
expanding our, you know, our, our diaphragmatic breathing practice, but you're also talking about the importance of the exhale and how that stimulates the vagus nerve. I want you to talk a little bit about this next level health idea and how the exhale is such an important piece to this whole process. It's funny when you say next level, the first thing that comes to my mind is it's got to be complicated, complex, something that involves multiple levels of understanding. And what's ironic about that is it's simplicity is what matters. And it's just, when you think about an exhale, it's one step. It's just extending it. The problem I think most people have, including myself, is that we take those 23,000 breaths offline. You know, the breathing is part of the autonomic nervous system, which is great in that we don't have to think about it, right? Having to think about surviving all day, it's, it's, that, that can't help. But if you can bring breathing online, you know, the awareness of that you're breathing is the first step, right? So that's, that's breathing 101 right there is being aware that you're breathing and how you're breathing. And the exhale is like, once you get to the awareness part, because I think the awareness is the hardest thing. And that's where the physicality of our necklace comes in is that because there's weight around your neck and because it rests on your heart, it's giving you that trigger of, oh yeah. <laughs> and whether it's tech apnea, whether you're, you know, you're holding your breath a little bit as you check your phone or you react to some sort of trigger in your life, yeah. your breath is immediately responding to that. And it's basically throwing you into that, that fight, flight, freeze, fun, or, or whatever it is state, wherever you are on that spectrum, you're affected by it. You're affected by your thoughts. So when you extend the exhale, you're immediately taking action to reverse that that sequence, right? So the cortisol is pumping and you can do something right away, which you have to quote Daniel, the agency, yes. you can control it because once you start to control it, guess what happens? You start to feel better. And then just two or three breaths in, and I'm gonna quote Andrew Huberman here. If, if any of you follow Huberman's lab, it's incredible. They just did a study from the Stanford lab and they're what they call a physiological sigh is the most effective, we love this, because of his message of the exhale, but the physiological sigh is actually a double inhale. It's It sounds like this. And because you're exhaling for so long, you're able to one, engage your vagus nerve, two, send your nervous system into the parasympathetic state. And then three, you're actually exhaling a lot of the toxins out of your system. You are letting those those these little alveoli in your in your diaphragm inflate and then quickly release all of that air which immediately within, and they say within two or three breaths is going to send your mind into, you know, a calmer state. So the longer exhale is the key. So even if it's three or four seconds, as long as it's not being held, or as long as it's not, you know, the one to two second range, you're actually doing yourself a favor. That's so good. I'm envisioning and watching what you're doing with, you know, being able to grab something and Vanessa's idea of having it close around your neck, something to go to. And what Daniel was saying is that it gives it gives us some agency over a moment where in a panic state, most when they're really panicked, think they're going to die or going to go crazy when they're in that kind of an anxious, panicked, you know, kind of a panic attack type of a place. And this agency that we get to have and remind ourselves there's something I can do because if we don't think that we can do something. We just have to write it out. We feel like we're the victim of and have to be a passenger on this anxiety train until basically it kind of just goes back into the wheelhouse and we kind of calm down. But being able to grab something in just an easy, accessible way to take a couple of breaths, two, three, four, and just exhale slowly reminds us. And it's not just, you know, a mental reminder. There's like you're saying, that parasympathetic nervous system, para, paramedic, paramedics make things better. 
And so we can stimulate that parasympathetic nervous system simply by our breath, which I love. The heart rate goes down, blood pressure goes down, blood vessels dilate, our eyes become more acute and our brain waves line up. All kinds of things happen with breath. And you're talking about how simple it can be and how accessible it really is. That's such a beautiful idea right there. I love that. And if you can do that, I think that the central core of our message is in general wellness. I think a lot of people get intimidated by wellness in general. It's like, oh, there's 20 things I have to do every day. I, I, my diet, my sleep, I have to walk, I have to socialize. You know, I think if it's just boiled down to one step, like making your bed in the morning to get the momentum going, is if you can just slow your breath in the morning. You know, Daniel was talking about that preventative step. If you can do that, you're already training your brain with neuroplasticity to form these, these new neural pathways to feel calmer at the start of the day, which gives you a better stance, right? Because you know stress and anxiety are coming. That bus is never late. If you can do that and develop a habit, now you have what we call a wellness routine. And it's just as simple as conscious breathing. Folks, pardon the interruption, but we'll continue this discussion in our next show. This is your producer, Peter Finger, and on behalf of our podcast, we would like to thank our guests, Todd Steinberg, Vanessa Steinberg, and Daniel Epstein for coming on to our show today. For more information about Komoso Design, please visit komosodesign.com. And lastly, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time on Behavioral Health Today. We appreciate all the support from our community, and if you like our show, one of the best ways you can support it is by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a review. Behavioral Health Today is a podcast part of the Tribe Network, all rights reserved.